We are just about one week into the Arizona Coyotes season. Arizona playing three games. We're going to break some of those down. Some things that we liked, some things we didn't like. Plus, we're also going to take a look at some injury information for Arizona, among a few other things, on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. We got a great show for you guys on today's episode. We're getting ready. You know, we're talking about the week of uh, uh, the first week of Arizona Coyotes, se- Arizona Coyotes season, things that surprised us, things that didn't. Obviously, we got injuries to talk about too, Carl, because there are some updates that we didn't get a chance to get to in the last couple of days. And I guess let's start off with the, um, you know, the biggest one and, you know, hearing the information of uh, Nick Schmaltz, who's going to be out for, for about uh, six to eight weeks with his upper body injury. Yeah, it is not great. Not great at all. Six to eight? I thought it was four to six. Is it six? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Four to six. Yeah. My brain. Oh, yes, no. Nope. You, you are, I believe, correct. Uh, Coyotes PR update. Uh, Coyotes forward six to eight weeks. So. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's. <sighs> so number six was correct on yeah. both ends, but. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, Schmaltz has missed so much time uh, in his career with injuries. It has been a pretty consistent problem for him. Uh, not He's not the first Coyote centerman to have this problem. Like, my mind always goes to Martin Hansel, but it, it's, you know, it sucks. It really does. And it's also just a shame for Keller to not be able to play alongside Schmaltz in his return. Like, gotta just feel for that guy. Oh, absolutely, right? You know, it's... Um, you really, you really feel that, especially you no, know, literally just to start the year, right? In game one, two minutes in the game one, that happens. Yeah, like, and I'm sure, like, the person who this is hardest on is Nick Schmaltz. Not only is he dealing with an injury, he is dealing with being away from his team, and I, I'm sure it's not something that he wants to be dealing with. But, you know, this is the time where you're supposed to be establishing chemistry or, or reestablishing chemistry with his former teammates, um, you know, selling himself as a player. And, you know, I, I imagine he wants to shake the image of a injury ridden player off, but it just keeps coming up every season. It does, you know, and, and as there's a lot of players, you know, and obviously Schmaltz is only, um, you know, one that's dealing with injury. Um, and another, and another injury, Connor Timmons, uh, is day to day. Um, yeah. so not as serious. So like, you don't know what the, you know, what the status can be, but he's day to day. Yeah. Which, I mean, I thought Timmons had some great looks in his first, uh, his first game, 
day to day to me says that we could hopefully see him very soon. I know he's listed as questionable for uh, the game against Montreal on Thursday. So, you know, positive vibe for that one. Yeah, absolutely. So that one's positive. Um, a couple other, I guess, somewhat positives. Uh, ben McCartney has been activated, but he's been sent down to Tucson. So, like, he's back from injury. That's good. Yeah. Um, and he gets to get his looks down in Tucson, which is what we've been, tr- what a lot of us have been hoping for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for just a second, I was like, hey, with Schmaltz, if he goes on long-term IR, do you keep McCartney up um, and play him? But I was like, no, you should give him his minutes. I'm sure there's someone who's kind of like fresh from Tucson that you can bring up in that situation. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. Uh, ben McCartney's a player who I fell in love with the first time I saw him at training camp. I'm like, this kid is doing something else. And I hope that I get to see him break through you know, in the future. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it's, it, it's nice. I got a chance to see him, I think, you know, pretty, some pretty brief moments in Tucson. Um, you know, obviously as things started to wrap up at my time in Tucson, like, you know, my looks have gotten significantly less of what I've been able to see down there, but it's okay yeah. because, you know, you know, we still got some eyes and ears down there. We got some people who can pay attention, who people who can tell us about what he's going to do. And, and that's probably what we're going to try to do, especially not just Ben McCartney, but, you know, a couple other people down in Tucson who are getting their, getting the proper looks. Yeah. The, it, it felt like the Coyotes don't have all that many, like, key prospects in the Tucson Roadrunners yet because, like, a lot of the names that they're drafting, they're a couple years off. But there's a few like really exciting players that we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Like I, I feel like no one was thinking about Matias Michelli uh, last season, but he's definitely a player who is you know, establishing himself pretty well to start this year. Absolutely. Final um, kind of I guess roster updates that I feel like we should address, and that is uh, uh, Jacob Chikrin, um has joined the team in Canada. Yeah. Which it's it's great. I don't know like they weren't really forthcoming with the timeline for what his injury would be like, which, you know, makes sense for a team that's potentially looking to shop him. Uh don't want to give too many firm details on anything, but it's great to have him back. I know this team could certainly use like someone to stabilize the defense. And the Coyotes and Chikrin would both benefit from him boosting his, you know, status with a with a couple great games. Absolutely, and it, it, it seems that that he's gonna be maybe playing some games. I know he's gonna be practicing with the team, um, and I think that's as much as we know. We don't know like you know actual game status and stuff like that. But I think this also kind of tells us that at least for now you can dial down some trade talks. Obviously we're still going to talk about it because it's going to be there. It's going to be lingering for quite a long time, but for now it seems like, okay, you know, I feel, we feel like since he's going to be playing for a little bit, we can not worry about it for, for now. I'm not emphasizing that. I mean, I feel like when he was injured would have been the time for people to not worry about it. 
and people worried about it. Well, here's uh, the I thing: think we're going to be he... focusing on his playing and his like that aspect of it, but nothing is going to stop people from speculating on Jacob Chukrin. Oh no, speculations are always going to come, no matter what, yeah. right? It's going to, and that just comes with the territory of being a uh, a really good young defenseman on a significantly rebuilding team and having that young defenseman say he wanted to move yes after being approached by the by the team saying hey would you be interested in moving so that that yeah there's going to be speculation uh i i i just can't believe that i read an article like three potential landing spots uh, or what does this team getting serious look like? It's like, he's hurt. You don't need to make the content now. Like you should, we at least wait until he starts like skating. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like we said, they're going to keep coming no matter what, even though we we're, we're just like, you know what? Let's not worry about it right now. Let's just, you know, let things play out. And once they ramp up again, then we'll, get more into it yeah definitely one thing i want to get to before we uh move off to a quick break and before we move on to talking about the week too is just a little bit of an anecdote carl because i found this really funny um and this was hap- this happened first of all pre-game against the uh the maple leafs game and i didn't get a chance to bring it up on our post game show but i want to bring it up now um, but before the game, Sheldon Keefe was on, I believe, Sportsnet um, and kind of was talking about the, you know, their then upcoming game against Arizona. And they're kind of talking, was like, oh, you know, what's the matchup going to be like? So, well, the difference between us and Arizona is we actually have elite players on our team. And I think even essentially guaranteed that they were going to win that game. Yeah. I mean, there is confidence in your roster. Um, and there is just tempting fate. Uh, and I would agree on paper, the Toronto Maple Leafs roster is is much better. Uh, they have more elite players than the Coyotes. They have players who are another level like Austin Matthews, uh, on, on there. So, yeah, uh, I'm not going to argue with him on that, but it's hilarious that that collection of players, couldn't beat the lowly coyotes the fact that they you know also lost to the montreal Canadiens, another bad team yeah that's uh i predict another early exit for the toronto maple leafs <laughs> if that's their attitude uh one thing i do think that's funny is i think afterwards i think and i think the way it went down and i think i think a reporter might have asked him about that because like you know like talking about the elite players um that 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 should have made a difference to bring the, that may, this should have brought the maple leafs to win and i think and i think sheldon keeper was like yeah they didn't show up um which no they didn't no um but it was pretty funny right it's pretty funny to see something like that happen um i think a lot of us i think anyone based here in arizona who are coyotes who are coyotes fan or just maybe even just a general hockey fan down here just loves to see the Maple Leafs suffer in some ways. Yeah, uh, not just the Maple Leafs, but the Maple Leafs are always like a good kind of like they're almost a caricature of uh, the Canadian original six. Yeah, 
And because there are so many hockey people there, there's just so many voices that say the dumbest things about the Arizona Coyotes. Especially like this season, people are acting like the Coyotes roster is somehow special. It is not. There are multiple teams actively tanking. Like, it is not something that needs to be treated like vile disgust in the back of your throat. I mean, yeah, look, there are some really bad teams this year. Like, you know, um, it's... There were, te- there were teams that, obviously, I mean, the Coyotes probably shouldn't have won that game, but there are other teams that have zero points. And if you're looking at the uh, those who are watching on YouTube, look at the Central Division standings, the uh, the Wilds still don't have uh, a point, which is kind of surprising. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say the Wilds are a bad team. Uh, no, but, it's surpri- but like, you know, it's, you know, but I'm kind of just kind of po- proving half a point there. But yes, there are, t- there there are teams like the San Jose Sharks who, or the, you know, like or the Buffalo Sabres, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, who are just not doing well. The Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia um, Flyers, yeah. One thing I looked up before the game is I saw that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be playing in Toronto in February. So there's a decent chance they've traded Kane by then. Like, that roster is going to be garbage. Uh, I I really don't think that there's any reason to talk about the Coyotes. Absolutely. So not all the pressure is going to be on them. Maybe a little bit more so just because of the arena that the Coyotes are playing, but, you know, that comes with the territory. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, I wish I got more to get to on this episode of Lockdown and Coyotes. We're going to talk about uh, the first week, kind of get over our thoughts about how Arizona has played in the first roughly seven days of the hockey season. We're going to get to that in just a moment, but first, turning to Carl for a quick word. So I just have to say that betonline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for each sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA boxing, golf, hockey. You can head over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everyone, for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen today. After listening to this episode, be sure to make your second listen Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's go into the uh, the one week talk, Carl, of the Arizona Coyotes. Some surprises, some things that maybe we think they can work on. Um, and yes, it's only a week into a however long, like eight, nine month hockey season or whatever it is. It's a long Eternity. year. It's a t- yeah. It feels like an eternity for a tanking team. But, you know, 
Might as well talk about the first week. You know, we have a day off today. The Coyotes don't play until tomorrow. So might as well kind of, you know, talk about some things that, you know, we liked that we didn't like. And uh, one thing that you brought up that we can go ahead and start things off. Um, you brought it up off the air, but we'll talk about it now. And that's the power play. Because the Arizona yeah. Coyotes power play last year and their and their penalty kill, just the special teams last year, was absolutely abysmal. Um and then this year, so far, you know, in the first, you know, seven days, three games, it's looked actually pretty good. Yeah. The the Coyotes surprisingly have one of the best power plays in the NHL. Uh, they are currently number four in the entire league. Um, that's crazy. I, I, I never thought I would see the day that the Coyotes would have a top power play, uh, especially with the roster they have. Uh, granted, I think that's come like with Nick Ritchie getting two power play goals. Uh, I believe there was two power play goals in the Coyotes' last game, so they're getting them all now, but they're getting them. Absolutely. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm not sure if my memory is serving me correct, but is the new assistant coach John Madden coaching the power play? I am not sure. I think so. Because that could make a difference, right? Yeah. You know, maybe John Madden is doing something right. <laughs> um, that, uh, who was it? Um, blank on his name. Uh, Stillman, right? Stillman. Was it Stillman? Who... <sighs> I'm blanking on who did it. Oh, Phil Housley. That's who it was. Yes. Um, it's always tough because Housley defensively, you don't immediately think power play. But, right. I mean, whoever's doing it uh, now, it's certainly a step up from from what it was. Like, I, I, I'm i not sure yet what the difference is or if it's sustainable, um, but it definitely is a bright spot. And... As we saw against the Maple Leafs, it can win games. Yeah, and of course, there's that funny thing that um, that we've mentioned a couple times already, the fact that the uh, the Nick Ritchie from Shane Gossespierre and, and uh, J.J. Mosher connection, like, for some reason, it just has to be, like, in that order. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't foresee that staying the entire no. uh, season. No, it won't be. But like until it breaks, um, it it would be great if there was like just at the end of the year we're like, huh, there is, you know, fifteen goals. Ah, that's way too many. Uh, for for just Richie to score on the power play, there's ten goals that are Richie from Gossip Bear and Mosier. Uh. That that'd be a reason not to trade uh Gossip Bear at the deadline. Just be like, look, Richie's gonna stop scoring power play goals. It's the only way we can explain it. Yeah, and maybe like oh and also like, hey, also Gossip Spear knows where to go to get the uh to get the feed from, from Mosier. So <laughs> who's Mosier gonna play with? We we just can't go. We we <laughs> need to keep this together. Um I I, I really would like the Coyotes to have a good power play because 
they they just they need some kind of advantage. They need some area where they're doing well, and the power play seems like it's the best chance for that to have some kind of ability to get back into a game, have that equalizer. Yeah, it could uh, it could be, but um, I'm glad the Coyotes, like you know, some bit of the Coyotes special teams is doing well, right? Because you know you want to look at progress because we're looking at a rebuild. Yes, it's only year two and like, obviously it's only week and only week one in the year two. But when it comes to rebuilding Carl and um, I'm not, you can either agree or disagree with me on this, but I like to look at the little things, right? Look at those things and kind of like take each bit, you know, as yes, with a grain of salt, but also, you know, as a, confidence booster as a little booster for, for for this team because there's not there's not going to be a whole lot to be excited for um during the year yeah absolutely like you need to find like we talked about all last year the silver linings um and as you mentioned one of the special teams is doing really well the other one not so good uh, the coyotes have the 22nd ranked penalty kill in the league. That is not great. They have killed uh, 71.4%. The lowest is the Colorado Avalanche, who have killed 50%, which, damn, I I don't know what's going on with Colorado Avalanche this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird to see some teams this year are just not playing to what you would expect. I mean, with the Avalanche Cup hangover, let's be real. They're probably yes. still partying off the last season. So let's not I mean, count yes, them but out. like, you know, I, I I mean, I love making this comparison. Look at, um, you know, um, uh, like Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals the year after they won, like literally in like the first week, Alex Ovechkin was still like on pace to like break his own like single season, like sure. personal record on goals. And you're like, dude, like, didn't you just get like drunk like every day? <laughs> he can multitask. He could do multiple things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can tell you why the Coyotes penalty kill is not doing good uh well everything everything is why the coyotes penalty kill is not doing good and they're taking far too many penalties that they're just putting stress on it that's the biggest issue right they're taking far too many penalties to, um for that you know you look at the, you look at situations in which like you just look at the way it's done you're just like really you're gonna do shit like that and at the same time um i think uh, what's an example? Like, for example, I think what game one with the whole Zach Cassian stuff. Yeah, right. Zach like, Cassian, that was a bad one. I mean, Mosier getting a penalty like seconds into the game uh, against Toronto was horrible. They had three penalties in the first minute against, or in the first like uh, first period against Boston. Uh, two in the first five minutes. One of them led to Boston scoring a goal. The other 
the goal happened right as Nick Smoltz was getting out of the box. So blame that. But yeah, they're taking penalties. They're taking them back to back, and it is not good. Yeah, um, it's not. It's weird because they would take the back to back penalties, and then like in like the first period, and then like most of the rest of the game, they're like they'll take a couple, but like it's not as bad as it like the the when, when the gates open. Yeah. Yeah, like they they do learn their lesson sometimes. Uh, I do think like taking the first two penalties in the third period against Toronto, absolutely a mistake. Why would you do that? You got to put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, especially when it's Toronto, right? I mean, obviously the Coyotes got lucky. Um, The fact that Toronto just didn't play up to, you know, their extreme high danger, like, you know, team that they're supposed to be yeah. of all their elite players. Um, <laughs> they didn't but. play up to as good as they could be. Uh, and, you know, the Coyotes got a, I would say, very fortunate call from the situation room, too. Um, but, you know, what, Marner had a, a goal on the, on the power play, so... If the Coyotes right. hadn't taken that penalty, could have been a much easier game for them. Yeah. Um, I do want to address real quick before I t- t- get on a couple of things that I, I'm trying to remember. Was 4-2 your final score, but obviously in favor of? Uh, I believe so, because I thought it was going to be under. And I believe it was 6-5. Interesting. <laughs> So you got the undercorrect. I got the undercorrect. Good for you. Um, a couple of last things I do want to address, and I talked about it on yesterday's episode, but I want to talk about it again because I think it's important. Um, and that's Barrett Hayton's first few games of this season. Yeah. You know, Hayton was a holdout and whatever, and he literally just joined. He joined the team like right before training camp started, um, and then. You know, comes out and like maybe not be on the scoring sheet um, as the uh, um, things are on here. If I, if I, if I, you know, especially if you look at like once again this from Toronto, but the uh, he's still showing up in those ways that we talked about, like with drawing penalties, right? He's being there. He knows how to get in the right spot to create the power play opportunities. That that Arizona has been able to capitalize on. Yeah, Barrett Hayton has been just really good to start. Um, he is not getting nearly as much love on the score sheet, but what does he have? Oh, he's got he doesn't have a point yet. That is astonishing to me because he's just looked great on the ice. Uh, I can see him getting something very soon. Um, you know, with Schmaltz being down. Does he get more time with Keller? That would be interesting. You know, I think that's a possibility once they decide to send Gunther back to, uh, like, even though Gunther's not alongside them, but, like, you know, you have to, you you work with lines of what you got. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe against Ottawa put out a line of, of Keller, Gunther, and Hayton. That'd be fun. <laughs> Yeah, why not, right? Maybe you know, like, why not against Montreal? Because Montreal isn't. Yeah. You know? the, the The next two games, 
uh, and now we're doing it. We're underestimating our opponents. Uh, the next two games are not like massive deals for the Coyotes. Uh, so maybe experiment. It's why you got Gunther up anyways. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, we can under, like, the Coyotes, like, you know, and we as reporters, we can underestimate the next team, the next teams because one, um, like, if the Coyotes lose, we're just like, eh, it's a tank year. Um, yeah. It's not like we're just going to matter anyways. Plus, like, really, all that really matters is for Arizona is that they give their young guys an opportunity to, you know, work to get, work well together and grow. Um, so, like, yeah, you'd like to see them win. We'd be like, yeah, you know what? You know, that was awesome, but I like experimenting against teams that you might have a better shot at winning at. So, um, so experiment. Do it. Yeah. It is absolutely important that they make the most out of Gunther's time in Arizona and put him in the best, you know, spot so he can have a great career. And that comes with giving him the minutes that work best for him along the line mates that work best for him. Absolutely. Any final thoughts you want to do before we close things off on this episode? Uh, it's uh, the coyotes are, are surprisingly in a good spot a weekend. It's, it's very, it's very surprising. I thought it was going to be much worse. We're glad we're, we're like on a, like we feel different. Now that they're actually having them won a game versus last year when they went through 12 games having not won a game. Yeah. The Coyotes will have a 12-game losing streak at some point, but it'll be like later in the season and we'll care less. At, at least we're not the Vancouver Canucks who have like given up multiple goal leads and lost their first four. That's fun. Exactly exactly anyways we're just about out of time out of this episode of the locked on coyotes podcast if you like what you heard don't forget to leave a, a five-star review like comment and subscribe if you have yet to already we're available everywhere you get your podcast itunes google Spotify, the odyssey app also on the 12 news app for those locals we're also on social media. Be sure to interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, on Instagram at LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back, or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy, and don't forget... The how long.